0: This week on the VergeCast, Lauren Grush joins the show. We talk about all of the developments in space after Russia invaded Ukraine, including the future of the International Space Station. Then Andy Hawkins joins the show. We talk about Ford splitting into two divisions, one focused on EVs, whatever's going on with Privian, and an electric boat. Finally, Dan Sievert joins. We preview next week's Apple event. That's all coming up on the VergeCast now.
1: Support for today's show comes from Deloitte. What does the future look like? By melting business acumen and innovative technology, Deloitte can help you build the future only you can imagine. They can help engineer solutions for your business reality today and your vision for tomorrow to get you to a world where you don't just dream it, you build it. See how you can engineer Advantage with Deloitte at Deloitte.com US slash engineering Advantage.
2: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator ten for ten percent off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
0: Hello, welcome to the VergeCast, the flagship podcast of mid-range Apple laptops.
2: Ooh, it's a good one. I I, I like that. They're the most. They're
0: the biggest sellers. So you know, you want to.
2: They're the biggest sellers. Yeah. You want you want uh, to be this is a big podcast. audience. We, we're we're reaching a big audience here.
0: What, what do you think has more listeners, the flagship podcast of like Ferraris, the flagship podcast of Toyota Camrys? I'm going to actually oh the Ferrari
2: the Ferrari, the Ferrari. <laughs> it's, it's got to be
0: <laughs> If you're out there and you have a Toyota Camry podcast, please reach out to me. I would love to talk to you.
2: Um, I mean, oh yeah, we could go talk about Camrys all day and how they are actually quite good.
0: Wow. But we want, I always rent one. See. We're here. I don't own one. i okay. oh, so sorry I'm here. Hold on. Hi, I'm Neil. I'm your friend. Alex Kranz is here. Hello. Lauren Grush is joining us after quite some time. Hey, Lauren.
3: Hello. Happy to be back.
0: Uh, so we, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. There is uh, Lauren is here. You might have guessed. That means there's space news in this world. Uh, Andy Hawkins is going to join us later, talk about a bunch of car news. There's a lot of that going on. Then there's an Apple event next week, so Dan Seifert is going to come, and we're going to preview the Apple event. But... I need to say the thing Yeah. At the top of the show. This is an odd Vergecast. You will notice to your bone is not here. And you will notice that in your feed is a whole other Vergecast with Dieter and Walt Mossberg. Our friend Dieter Bone, my brother, my co-founder, has left the Verge. By the time you're listening to this, he'll be gone. We have walked him out. Very excited about this. He's going to load up all of his palm phones, and we're going to shove (laughs) them out the door. Um, Dieter's going on to take a a gig at Google. We're going to miss him. It's a huge opportunity. Uh, We're going to miss him terribly. I know all of you will miss him. I will certainly miss him. We have a whole other podcast with Walt talking about that, reminiscing. Walt roasted him a little bit. Some Verge friends, past and present. Showed up and said some goodbyes. There's an Elvis impersonation. This is a real thing. There's an Elvis impersonation.
3: (laughs) Um, I want to be in that podcast.
0: (laughs) uh, It was, you know, it had had highs and lows. There were some tears. It was good. We're going to miss Dieter uh, terribly. But the goodbye podcast is over there because Dieter is now Google executive. So yeah. I couldn't be like,
2: we're going to be talking about him. Mr.
0: Google, come preview the Apple event. You know us. Disclosure is our brand. That'd be super weird. He'd be disclosing every <laughs> other sentence. So we, we just scooted that over there. And we're going to do the rest of this news. Vergecast is still ongoing. We have big ideas for the future. The, the Verge isn't over. Um, I know that will disappoint some of you. But we're, we're going to soldier on <laughs> with our extremely popular website. Uh, and hopefully Dieter can make RCS good. So that's the news. Go listen to the other podcast. All of it's there. Dieter's there. He says goodbye. But we've got it. We got news. We got news. We got news. So let's do some news. Lauren, there's a, a war in Ukraine. Russia invaded Ukraine. We've we've got a lot of coverage on the site actually on a number of fronts. Uh, there's a big tech industry in Ukraine. Uh, the information space across social media is rapidly changing. But you know, one of the most interesting aspects to all of this is. Uh, The United States and Russia collaborate in space. They cooperate in space, particularly with the ISS. And then there's a side story about Starlink, which I'm not really sure what it's come to. But it's super fascinating because obviously Starlink is satellite-based internet. If Ukrainian infrastructure is under attack, this might be a way out of it. Let's start with Starlink and then we should talk about the ISS and the space cooperation because I think that'll take longer. But let's start with Starlink. That story – we seem to have a handle on it, but we don't really know what's coming up. What's going on with Starlink?
3: Sure. Well, I mean, Starlink, for one thing, just to be very, you know, upfront about it, is SpaceX's mega constellation that is currently in development and they're hoping to send tens of thousands of satellites into low Earth orbit to beam broadband internet coverage down to the Earth. And uh what I think is so fascinating about Covering the invasion in Ukraine right now is—I'm probably going to butcher his name—but Mikhailo Fedorov has been getting a lot of uh, his way just by tweeting at people and asking for help. I believe he's in a bunker doing this, so he's getting help from, you know, underground just by tweeting at people. And one of his requests was to Elon Musk to help use their SpaceX's Starlink system in Ukraine. And prior to that tweet, the service was not available in Ukraine. And then Elon said, okay, it's available. We'll send new terminals on route. I don't know if he actually said that part, but they asked for new terminals and, uh, yeah, he did say more terminals on route and then, um, they came (laughs) and there's a whole truckload of them as Fedorov tweeted. And can I say my best part of that?
0: Then the, yeah. the actual like Ukraine account just replied a quote tweeted Elon and all it said was thanks with an X.
2: Aww. Which
0: is just like like it's an so all-time sweet. brand tweet, but it's from like the nation of Ukraine. Yeah. <laughs> thanks.
2: Thanks.
3: That <laughs> was very good. Um yeah. And so I think what was great about this is I mean, there was a really clear-cut ask, and then Elon provided and answered. And then also To prove that the service is actually up and running in Ukraine, I spoke with an engineer who tweeted out his download speeds and upload speeds with his own Starlink dish. He actually didn't get one of the ones that they uh, shipped. He actually bought his on eBay a couple months ago. and I love him because he's an engineer and he actually tinkered with his – he calls it his (laughs) Dishy,
0: which I love. Well, because the official name is Dishy.
3: Dishy Dishy McFlatface. Yeah. (laughs) So he just put his dishy outside his window after he received word from SpaceX support that the that his account should be working and he said within 10 seconds he got a signal and you know recorded his speeds and put them on Twitter for us all to see so were they good speeds He said he got over 200 megabits per second uh download speed <laughs> Which I don't know. I'm not an internet person. Neil, you told that's, me that's, that's, that's pretty good, good or not. <laughs> that's pretty good.
0: That's better than like most apartment buildings in New York City at this point. I was like, um, that's probably
2: better than what Neil gets right now.
0: No, man. I'd... My internet in here in the woods, I went, I mean, I get what, like 230. So it's only a little bit. But when yeah. I called for my internet plan here in the woods, um, I was like, just whatever the most expensive one is. And the, it's a tiny little co-op internet provider. And the lady on the phone was like, oh, no one buys that one. It's such a bad deal. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I I need it. Just, like, give it to me. Um, So what's really interesting about that story, uh, we saw the photo of the truck with a bunch of Starlink boxes in it. You know, it's, like, hard to see how deep the truck is, and I kind of have a sense of how big the boxes are. It's the first-gen dish. I can tell that much from the boxes. So they're pretty big boxes. So I'm counting, like, somewhere between, like, 30 and 50 dishes have arrived. Terminals.
3: I mean, at least i mean i'm looking at this picture who knows how far that right it's, truck it's, goes it's hard back, to you know?
0: know yeah um, so even okay even if you say 100 right like just like three times as many as we can see in that photo um right. we have no idea how they're going to distribute them
3: yeah there's still quite a lot of unknowns with this story exactly how many dishes there are how they're going to distribute them uh, one thing that i've seen speculation on and a few of my space reporting colleagues have talked about is security risks for people who end up using the dish. You know, there's been speculation that Russia will be able to target the signals of the Starlink dish and potentially use those people as targets for airstrikes or, you know, dropping bombs. And I think Elon actually tweeted something out cautioning people about that as well. I don't think I've actually seen anyone... Using the dishes beyond that engineer who I spoke to. And he said he's only going to, he was only using it just to test and show that it was actually working. He doesn't actually plan on using it long term just because his normal fiber optic internet is working just fine. And also, I think if you look at the pictures of his reverse engineered disc, he like removed the the swivel base on it. So Mm -hmm. I can't even scan the sky anymore. It's just, it literally is just the dish.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's what grabbed me. It's because the dish has to swivel a lot because it has to track the constellation as it moves across the sky. So I was like, will his stay up?
3: I don't even think he's using it actively anymore. If you look at the picture, he literally just hung it outside his window. sill,
2: you know, and (laughs) so, so wait, I I think I'm kind of confused. Like, I always thought this was just a total PR move, and then Elon actually delivered them, and I was like, "Oh wow, it wasn't just a PR move." But it sounds like no, it it was kind of a big just PR move. But for we don't know both. No, I, I think yeah. it, I think
0: Lauren, I'm curious what you think. I'm firmly in the camp of I don't know.
3: Yeah, I think we should wait and see. Right? I mean, he did as much as they asked. I mean that. I, can't criticize that you know it, essentially <laughs> yeah. they were like can you please provide ukraine starlink service and can you send more terminals and he did both of those things whether or not that's actually going to be a critical piece of infrastructure that they need and rely on that remains to be seen but elon did what they asked and that's you know did they go to decent.
2: him because it's elon and and if you like he just makes Whenever news by breathing happens. or no, no this yeah. is there's an iron <laughs> law of the internet.
0: If anything happens in the world, someone's like Starlink will fix it.
2: Yes. It just it <laughs> doesn't. But, also, matter.
3: but there's also the Elon, I mean people just think Elon can fix things too. I mean, we saw that with the the Thai soccer team in the cave, you know. Yeah. Right. right. People went to him for help and I don't understand why they did that. He, he tried to help in his <laughs> he own way.
0: <laughs> and then he, yeah, and then he <laughs> I'm sure in he court. regrets yeah.
3: trying to help at this point, but You know, I just, I think there is this idea that Elon is just this, can fix everything. And so they'll appeal to him. And also because he does respond on Twitter, you know, that he, he, it feels like when you ask him for something, actionable
0: things can happen, you know? Yeah. Elon is like the most accessible engineer most people know.
2: (laughs) Right. (laughs) He's going to start doing like IT (laughs) runs for people, fixing computers. Can you help me with my printer? Was (laughs) Charlie... I mean he will he'll build you an entire new printer. <laughs> it'll cost 4 million dollars. You'll be great. Yeah. But, and a, a robot to work it. No, as that's well. just a guy. It, in a it'll suit. be a man in a suit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just a man. Is Starlink the only one that was capable of doing this like providing this level of satellite low, you know, LEO satellite service?
3: It, well, and yeah, in terms of low earth orbit satellite service, Yes. And that's what sets Starlink apart from other satellite communication services right now. Most of those satellites that are that you do use for phones or satellite phones, they're in geosynchronous orbit and that's much much farther away from Earth, so the lag time when you communicate via those services is much greater. The whole point and the whole, you know, impetus to pursue these mega constellations is to Basically, make the internet you get from them, you know, indistinguishable from internet that we receive here on Earth. The reason that they are so controversial is because in order to do that, you have to put significantly more (laughs) satellites into low Earth orbit, so that each satellite is overhead on every patch of the Earth at any given time. You can have way less satellites in geosynchronous orbit and cover the Earth, but like I said, the lag. But Starlink's not the only
2: one. Starlink's, like, SpaceX isn't the only one doing this. There are other companies doing these LEO satellites.
3: No, Alex, and what a perfect segue to our next story. Oh, my gosh, I had no
2: idea. Wow. (laughs) Wow, I couldn't have set that up better if I wanted to. Um,
3: Yes, there are plenty of other companies pursuing this. One of them is called OneWeb, which is part, one of its uh, primary shareholders is the British government. And they are currently building out a constellation of 648 satellites to do pretty much what Starlink does. However, they have been exclusively launching their satellites on Russia's Soyuz rocket. And Russia's not very happy with Europe these days. And (laughs) so...
0: (laughs) Just to sum up, Russia, Europe, I see.
3: Right. So uh, on Wednesday... Uh, Dmitry Orgozin, who is the head of Roscosmos, Russia's s- state space corporation, he said that they will only launch the latest batch of, s- of OneWeb satellites, which are currently in Kazakhstan, on top of a Soyuz rocket at Baikonur Cosmodrome. And th- they will only launch those satellites if OneWeb promises that they will not be used for military purposes. Oh, and the British government has to divest its entire stake in the company. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love it. You know, very completely reasonable. doable. Yeah. Um, and the British government essentially told them to go eat rocks and that they would uh, figure this out without them. And so as of now, uh, one web said it was suspending its launches on the Soyuz. Uh, and so the the current status of that launches in limbo it was supposed to happen early Saturday morning in Kazakhstan. Can they and, get the uh, payload the- back? That is a great question.
0: <laughs> like, I
3: talked. I talked with Chris McLaughlin uh, at OneWeb, and he was he expressed interest in res- getting his <laughs> satellites back.
0: Right. Like, I, so you know, there's a tweet from Rogozin about you know it's th- vaguely threatening the ISS, and then Elon responds. There's just a picture of the SpaceX, SpaceX logo. Yeah. <laughs> all, all very dumb. But like, if you get the payload back, you could at least call SpaceX and be like, "Can you help us?" But if you don't have the payload, you you're could just, call well, your competitor, right? Editor.
3: It's slightly different. I mean, it will take a while because you yeah. have to, you know, reintegrate the payload onto the new rocket. I mean, it's definitely doable of 100%. Now, would SpaceX launch the satellites yeah. of a direct competitor? I don't know about that.
2: Um, I mean, they might, but it would also cost, like, like the, the queen just has to give her whole crown over or something.
0: Oh, yeah, <laughs> we should all just make bizarre demands of OneWeb to get this thing into space.
2: Yeah. Well, like, I'm the I,
0: queen that's now.
3: That's what's just, so... Crazy nice about this whole situation is like the threats that Ragozin is making. And Mary Beth and I were talking. He really does sound like a cartoon villain. <laughs> one of the representatives from the UK was said, "You know, we're going to figure this out. We're not going to, we're not going to divest." And uh, one web, he goes, "Okay, I'll give you two days to think about it."
0: <laughs> Ooh. Is he stro- does he have like a little kitty. mustache? I yeah. <laughs> just so yeah, and- imagine. Like- so let's talk, let's talk about this this particular character and his various threats. So yes, coming from where I sit, which is reading a bunch of your coverage, the sort of Cold War, post Cold War Russia United States politics of it all have been somewhat removed from space, and everyone is very proud that the two space agencies work really well together. This is like the big symbolic partnership that's going to carry us through all the bad times. And then um, if I, you know, eight year old me would be shocked to learn that some bad times came and our (laughs) space agencies did not hold us together. And instead, it seems like the Russian space agency is fully aggro and making a a lot of threats.
3: Yeah, I think a lot of. Speculation and analysis I've seen, and I think I said something similar in an article, was that it feels a lot like Dmitry Rogozin is doing his best to completely dismantle the progress that Roscosmos and Russia has made in their space partnerships. I mean, you have to understand, Russia has not had a great time moving forward with their space program in the ways that we have. You know, they've been losing a lot of money for a really long time, and perhaps the greatest achievement they can point to in space is the International Space Station. It's a big status symbol for them. And without it, they would really have no crown jewel or anything really remotely uh, as impressive for their space program. So it really does behoove them to work with us on the ISS. But yeah, it the past few days... It does seem like Rogozin is doing his best to um, tear all of that apart. And what he's tearing apart is kind of decades of us building up this relationship together. I will say that another reporter I know made a really good point on this panel I was on. And he was saying that he actually thinks that Crimea was a big poison pill for us, which it was. And that since then, we have been distancing ourselves from Russia as best we can. And I mentioned this in one of the stories, but We were in a very different position when Crimea took place because we relied on Russia after the space shuttle uh, retired in order to get our astronauts to and from the International Space Station. We had no other way to get people to space. And so we really had to work with them because otherwise we would have no human spaceflight program. Now that SpaceX's Crew Dragon is taking people regularly to and from the International Space Station. We don't have to rely on them as much anymore. That said, we cannot operate the International Space Station without them. I mean, I'm sure it's possible if push comes to shove, but the way it is designed now, they are fully in control of all the propulsion on the space station. So if we have to boost the orbit of it or get out of the way of space debris, That all comes from the Russian side of things. Of course, we take care of other stuff. We do all of the electrical generation. We have our own life support systems. But it is a symbiotic relationship on the ISS. So they can't work without us, but we can't work without them. However, we are in a better position to distance ourselves from Russia than we were, say, back in 2014.
0: Let me ask you a deeply frustrating and very stupid question. Yes. When— Elon tweets the SpaceX logo at the Russian guy who's threatening that they will just let the ISS deorbit. Can SpaceX actually do fix it? Can they go and do the propulsion work that is being threatened to take away?
3: I will never say that they can't do something because they surprise me quite frequently with what they can do and pull together. And there has been a lot of online talk about this. For instance, and it's not just SpaceX that could help, either. Um, another company, Northrop Grumman, launches their Cygnus cargo uh, spacecraft to the International Space Station, just like SpaceX launches its Crew Dragon. And actually, there's a Cygnus on the ISS right now, and it's going to test a new orbit-boosting capability, just like the Russian Progress spacecraft does. That's not a long-term solution, though, So, but it is. it does show that it might be possible. And there has been a lot of talk given all of Rogozin's threats and everything that's been going on that NASA should put together a contingency plan in case the relationship deteriorates further. And that might look like SpaceX crew dragon capsules or Cygnus capsules capsules
2: boosting the space. What's happening on like the ISS right now? Like, is it, business as usual? Or are there cosmonauts up there? Like, awkwardly having dinner every night? There are two cosmonauts up there?
3: That is, like, the question I've always wanted to answer. You know, I bet they just don't talk about it, but I would love to wait, be wait, a wait. fly on the wall. Hold
0: on. What's the current staffing? It's two cosmonauts in the oh, house.
3: there's four NASA astronauts, two cosmonauts, and a German astronaut from the uh, European Space Agency oh boy. and I'm sure they're all being oh, very boy. professional but you, you gotta imagine it's very awkward at the moment
2: yeah Just the most awkward mealtime situation well,
3: and I think things are going to be particularly interesting uh, in the coming weeks because one of those NASA astronauts uh, I believe it's at the end of the month will be coming home with two with the two cosmonauts on a Russian Soyuz rocket and there are no plans to Deviate from that.
2: Play so they'll be going at the to Russia? Uh, to Kazakhstan. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, that's still. I got to take one little step back and just think about like Cold War. We wouldn't even like look at them. The Pol- Apollo Soyuz mission was like a huge, huge deal because they actually like work together. And mm-hmm. even during this crisis, there's still like that measure of peace, which is like. I don't know that's for me that's very like nice like that that was the whole point of the space program was like we can we can rise above this stuff and now we've got like an astronaut who's like yeah all right i need a ride (laughs) i'll hitch a ride with these guys i'm like that's weird i think uh, honestly
3: alex i think you've highlighted one of the biggest strengths of space travel is yeah you know, a great tool for diplomacy. And that's actually what I was talking on that panel about. It was about space diplomacy, which I thought was really appropriately timed. But yeah, it's such a great tool for bringing countries together to work on a very lofty goal that. You absolutely must put your politics aside in order to make it successful sometimes because it it just relies on logic and engineering and science and being very professional. That's what makes the International Space Station such a, a wonderful and a great investment is that it can kind of rise above these terrible, you know, earthly problems. I think what everyone's curious about, though, is this seems to be one of the worst Clashes we've had in recent memory and we're all kind of scared that the ISS might not survive. And I think what's sad about that, too, is we the Biden administration announced its intention to extend the ISS to 2030. But that requires opting in from the Russian side of things, and right now they're only committed through 2024. So it's very possible that we might see a an early end to the space station, and that's really sad because because uh, 2024 has all, always sounded so far away. It's right here, and it's right around the corner. <laughs> you know.
0: Um. So that the, the ISS at least exists, and you know the the plan to extend it may or may not come into fruition. But it exists and there's people on it. we got to take care of them. That seems like it can certainly continue to transcend uh, politics and conflict. Stuff that isn't real yet seems like it's getting delayed and and set aside, right? Like this European rover is not happening. There's other stuff that's not happening now.
3: Yes. And I just want to iterate because I know a lot of people are very scared about the ISS right now. That NASA and Russia are continuing to operate just normally – when it comes to ISS operations. Everything is fine. At least that's what both sides are saying. So even though Rogozin is making these really wild tweets, for now, everyone is safe. Everything's operating normally. Yeah, you wanted
0: another space guy to tweet like a maniac. You got one, and here we are. (laughs) I don't think I ever wanted that.
3: (laughs) One was enough. (laughs) Um, Well, actually, it's been a lot there are the the space guys like to tweet um
0: <laughs> that's gonna be on your like, tombstone
2: yeah. <laughs> they like to
0: tweet. Here lies lauren killed by space guys on twitter <laughs> uh no we were talking about the rover and the rocket yes, engines yes. that's what we're talking
3: about yeah yeah so basically and and one web is also a good Uh, thing about that basically anything that hasn't gone up or is currently you know in space and that that isn't even true some scientific instruments are being turned off you know in space that are non-essential but yes anything that was going to launch or is on its way is definitely suffering right now for instance uh, Russia announced that it was suspending all launches of its rocket from Europe's primary spaceport in French Guyana, South America. They had a couple of upcoming launches scheduled there, but they, Roscosmos pulled out all of its personnel from the area and those launches are uh, indefinitely delayed. Uh, they, Russia and the European Space Agency were working on a joint Rover to Mars called the Rosalind Franklin rover, part of the ExoMars mission that was supposed to launch this year. And that's definitely not happening according to uh, ESA. And the problem with that is we can only launch Mars rovers every two-ish years because oh that's when Earth and Mars are closest on their orbits. So not launching this year means we have to wait till 2024 at the earliest. And then, yes, the latest... See, and that was all because
2: of that was all because of what's happening, and because of
3: it, sanctions. Yeah, they said because of the sanctions in the wider context that's this launch is unlikely to happen this year. Um, but yes, then what was this latest some, stuff?
2: Sorry, what? Oh no, I was saying what was this latest stuff though.
3: Well, that's what I was saying. Uh, you, <laughs> this whole week, I have woken up at six a.m. every morning with the thought what new tweet is going to dictate my life today? And (laughs) the latest, like um, right on dot, when I swined into my phone this morning, the, the new Rogozin tweet was, all right, we're no longer selling Russian rocket engines to the United States anymore. And that one is a little nuanced in terms of how much it impacts us, but it does have some effect. So basically, two companies rely on Russian rocket engines still. It's United Launch Alliance and Northrop Grumman, who we mentioned earlier. But for in terms of ULA, they kind of foresaw this would ha- was happen. So back back when the Crimea invasion occurred, the Congress banned using rocket Russian rocket engines for flying uh, national security payloads. And since ULA primarily launches. Satellites for the Defense Department That really affected them So they started this new campaign To create a new rocket called Vulcan, which I love uh, Love That will use American Engines, so they've been developing This new rocket ever since It's supposed to debut uh, This year, we'll see They picked um, Blue Origin to make their Engines, their engines are a little late By about four (laughs) years
0: Oops Oh, but, prime delivery has been getting slower.
3: <laughs> right,
0: it's been a real problem.
3: But foreseeing that tensions between Russia and the U.S. would get complicated, ULA accelerated the their purchase of the RD-180, which is the rocket engine that you, they are used for their workhorse rocket, the Atlas V. So they say they have a stockpile of those engines handy to support missions of the Atlas V through twenty twenty five. So they don't need they don't need any no more they
2: engines. <laughs> they don't need I mean, do they need like support for those engines? Like do they have their own tech support apparatus? Are they gonna get Elon in there? Like
3: you're <laughs> just they, The just only engineer. There. Yeah. The
2: only engineer I know, I'm sorry.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you should ask him on Twitter. Um so that was a great question that a lot of people brought up and even Rogozin was tweeting He sent some villainous tweet that was like, you know, without our (laughs) consultation, we pray for our American friends. Oh, my. Wow. I'm not joking. I'm not joking. He says this stuff.
0: There's a series of booby traps and diabolical (laughs) puzzles buried inside this rocket engine.
3: Um, But- Tori Bruno, the CEO of ULA.
0: Great name. Uh, has I want to say another great name.
3: name. Great, yeah. very earnest. When we talk about a space guy on Twitter, very great Twitter presence. Just want to put that out there. Uh, we'll always reply to my DMs. <laughs> <so>. um, <laughs> he noted that they have considerable expertise with the RD-180. They've been launching it for the last decade, two decades or so. So they have a lot of expertise already. They like having consultation with Russia in case something strange happens, but they also they there was an Atlas 5 launch this week and it was fine and there was no Russia involvement for that. So I'm pretty sure they'll so be we're probably, just fine. So probably okay. Yes. That's, okay. <laughs> That's good. And so and then hopefully the goal is that Vulcan will start flying soon according to Tory The flight-ready Blue Origin engines are at the Blue Origin factory. They're supposed to launch this year.
2: Put them on that Prime truck. Get them over there. (laughs)
3: Um, But in the meantime, they say they have enough engines for the Atlas V through 2025. Now, where things get complicated... Sorry, Alex, I keep interrupting you. So what's going on with Northrop Grumman? So... Northrop Grumman's main rocket is the Antares, and as I as we said before, it launches the Cygnus spacecraft that brings cargo to and from the International Space Station. And the Antares relies on the Russian RD-181 engine. However, since this new proclamation was made, it's unclear if they're going to be able to get any more engines. I don't know their stockpile situation. I reached out to Northrop Grumman, have not heard an official response back. I also reached out to NASA. They've been pretty silent. I completely get it, though. They're in a really tough spot, but the Antares is contracted by NASA to resupply the International Space Station. So I think what's crazy about this whole situation is that, you know, Rogozin seems like he's trying to tear apart all these partnerships, but what really he's doing is just highlighting how critical SpaceX is to our entire launch (laughs) ecosystem. You know, they're a fully American-made company and, you know, with all these other people suffering, SpaceX is relatively immune from any Russian threats. And I think that's why they, you know, Russia has been so hostile towards them is because they realize that you know, SpaceX has this, this power that they don't have.
0: So we need to wrap this up. This has been great, but let me ask you one kind of big picture question then. SpaceX came out of this idea that we would have a commercial crew program and there'd be lots of private space companies in the United States that has waxed and waned through various different administrations, but it's still the strategy, right? We're going to have lots of private spaceflight companies in the United States. Okay, well, here we are. It's SpaceX and the other companies are kind of like intertwined with the existing like national champion space approach or they need the Russian engines. Is is that strategy working or is it just like we're just waiting for Blue Origin to catch up or we're waiting for ULA to make its own? Like that's the piece of this that seems really odd to me. Like that was the strategy. Lots of American spaceflight companies. But it seems like in this moment, it turns out we got one.
3: I think what it's highlighting is that it's still really hard to make money off of space. And I think you're seeing why SpaceX is going so hard on Starlink is because they're really hoping that that will be this big money-making endeavor for them. But otherwise, you know, that's why it's also required a lot of upstart capital from these billionaires to start these companies is because – you just need a lot of upfront cash in order to get started, and then once you're in business, it still remains to be seen if you're making this cash windfall from simply launching rockets. I don't know SpaceX's inner workings of their business; they're a private company, you know, they're hard to to figure out. But I don't necessarily reading the tea leaves. I don't necessarily think they're making a ginormous profit on what they're doing, but they're banking on, I mean, you've seen that with Elon too. I don't know if we'd want to take his threats that seriously, (laughs) but he sent out that, (laughs) he sent out that email that was saying that, you know, if the Raptor engine production doesn't, you know, completely change SpaceX is at serious risk of bankruptcy and because they need Starlink in order to really be profitable. So yeah, I think it just goes to show that making a profitable, successful commercial space company that's vertically integrated, like SpaceX, like Blue Origin, it's still really tough. And there is definitely incentive to want them to succeed because of times like this, right? There is a lot of um, desire to have full US companies because they are not touched by these issues. But at the same time, like I said earlier, I think collaboration and partnerships are very valuable to space. So I'm not trying to knock that, but as we are seeing, there is value to being a completely American company in a time like this.
0: Yeah. You just, I think it, this is one of the rare moments, hopefully extremely rare moments where that snaps into focus as opposed to the other thing, which is like collaboration, diplomacy in space will keep us like right? Like you rarely see the kind of like the big lens turn and like the next picture comes into focus. That's mm-hmm. a bad metaphor. Um, but I think you know what I meant. Okay. Lauren, you've <laughs> got to go uh, see more crazy tweets. I believe there was just another one. No, I'm, <laughs> I hope I'm not. openly threatening you now. Right when <laughs> we're Please recording. Don't do that. <laughs> uh, but Lauren, thank you so much. You're going to be on it. This is, I think, a heart, the heart of some of our Ukraine coverage is what, what's going to happen in space. So thank you so much for being on the case.
3: Yeah, definitely.
0: All right. We're going to take a break. Andy Hawkins is going to come back. We're going to talk about Elon again because there's a lot of car news. Just the way this is going. We'll be right back.
3: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell.
0: Okay, we're back. Andy Hawkins is here. Hey, man. Hello. Andy, for those of you who don't know him, is our transportation editor. And like I promised before the break, we got some Elon news to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome. Uh, One of my favorite fights at The Verge, which we haven't had in a while, but when we were first setting up the transportation desk, one of the arguments was, is this a desk or is this just science? Because Elon launches rockets, which are technically transportation. And so where does Elon belong? And then we we're like, we're being stupid. And like, there's cars and there's <laughs> – it was a very Verge conversation. Um, it was fun. We'll get to Elon in a second. Let's start with Ford. Big news in Ford world. They are – you know how I feel about org charts. I do a whole podcast about org charts. <laughs> uh, they're beautiful. They're, Ford Ford CEO Jim Farley reworking the company. Andy, explain what's going on.
1: Yeah, they're essentially splitting the company into two separate entities. One that is going to be called Ford Model E, and that's focused on electric vehicles and software, um, and sort of going to be like their startup-y innovation hub within the company. And then there's Ford Blue, which is the everything else,
0: all the stuff that makes the company money, basically. Okay, so, can I stop you right there? Go ahead. There's a lot to talk about there. That naming scheme, is the obvious result of, like, two VPs each not getting their way, right? I mean, if you're, like, the electric side is called Model E, the immediate natural thing to call the gas side is Model T, the most famous car Ford has ever made. I know there's a lot of Ford Taurus stands out there, the Model T out, right? Like, one of the most, so you had the E and the T. But But then I think you'd be insulting all the gas people. Right? I, like, I don't model G. I, I don't think that Ford wanted
1: to like go that far back in time in its naming conventions.
0: Okay, so then, they then they're like, okay, this is called Ford Blue. Yes, you know, it sounds more like a
1: streaming service than it does. It like, does you know, like
0: sound like that. a streaming service. They're very proud of their blue, that like Bigfoot Blue. They 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 love it. But if blue oval. The blue oval. If you're gonna call it Ford Blue, it makes sense to call the EV division Ford Green. Right, that's sitting very right confusing.
2: There for you. See, I, obviously, I don't like they should no. have
0: they
1: should have consulted all of this with Unilever before. I, no, I'm saying they they, they had a meeting. <laughs> I, I assume they had more than one. I, you're right. Like high-priced consultants are in the
0: room, like whatever. And then there's like, uh, Michael Bloomberg famously once described his management style as a bag of cats. This is like one of my favorite. Oh. So you like you put all the cats in the bag. You just like wait. Just and, then shake like, it and Eventually, like you kind of run out of cats. So You got to dump them out and get more cats. Like, <laughs> uh, if you're shout out to Sean O'Kane, by the way, um, <laughs> he's definitely listening. To this. Um, no, uh, no, it doesn't.
1: It doesn't make sense. It makes okay, it makes it doesn't make very sense. little sense. Um, but I do think the move to split the company actually okay that makes sense more sense.
0: But it is true that there was a VP who was like, "Oh, we should obviously do E and T," and there was a VP who was like, "We should do blue and green." And they were like, right. "Well, each of you gets one."
2: We'll just agree to disagree <laughs> and go our separate ways and make two total. Okay, two but guys Andy, business.
0: that's just me goofing. Tell me, tell me why
1: you think the move makes sense. I think it makes sense. Well, this is what Ford said. Ford said that we want to innovate. We want to experiment. We're we're, we're starting this new electric vehicle uh, st- down this path of, of, of producing electric vehicles. We've got the Mustang mach the Ford uh, F-150 Lightning is coming out pretty soon. We want to do it in a way that is uh, maintain sort of a, a Silicon Valley startup innovation type ethos. And to do that, we need to sort of be separate from the traditional side of the, the traditional aspects of the business that are more focused on, uh, you know, just producing millions of trucks and SUVs every year. Um, so uh, they, they made this split. They're still obviously part of the same company. There's not going to be some separate financial books. Necessarily, but there are going to be sort of separate divisions within the company, um, and and you know it, it it does it's not going as far as like Wall Street and their investors really wanted them to, which was to actually spin it out, spin the EV section out as a separate business uh, as a way to raise more capital, uh, potentially even IPO. Uh, this keeps things sort of more centralized within the larger corporate structure, but it does provide a little bit of breathing room, I think. Uh, for the folks that um, Ford is hoping to attract, because it's, this is really also about attracting talent, a tr- a recruiting uh, engineers and, and software people to come and work for a 118-year-old company, which is not uh, a traditional p- place that I think a lot of people that work in, in software and uh, and technology w- would would uh, would think to to want to go work. So this is Ford out there saying, "Look, you want to come." Work on on the future of transportation. Here's a specific division that you can come work for that will keep you separate from the people that make you know uh, the Ford Raptor. Uh,
0: I don't know why I chose the Raptor. That's a, <laughs> that was a weird choice. It's my it's my that's my it's my division. They should have named it the Raptor division. Um, and Ford E Ford Model E is run by Doug Field, right? The ex Apple guy. Right. He was yeah, a Tesla so for a minute that's the big org chart thing is is Doug Field the guy
1: that they they poached from Tesla and also who worked at Apple and he came to work at Ford uh, a few months ago and this is clearly a result of of that hire Doug wanted some some space to to do the kind of stuff that he wants to do at the company, uh, and the other side is going to be run by um, Kumar uh, Gahatra, uh, who's uh, the VP for America International uh, Markets. Uh, and he's going to, you know, what I thought was interesting is that you know it's, you're potentially setting up sort of competing interests that they're going to be sort of like cannibalizing themselves in some way. You know, and also sort of like, you know, I talked to some folks and they're like, is this like a good side of the company and a bad side of the company? (laughs) Um, And, uh, you know, I think Galhatra had a good point, which is that like, we're the profit. Yeah, they make all the money. We make all the money. um, And so if you want to have electric vehicles and you want to have, uh, you know, a a futuristic company, you're going to have to rely on our side of the company. And so there's a lot of pride that that, that will come along with that. It was his argument.
0: Yeah, I think that part is really interesting, right? Because the the Wall Street argument that you brought up before was spin out your EV division and raise capital and you're off to the races and you might well have some ongoing relationship with Ford old, like whatever you would call it. Yeah. Right. You got <laughs> Ford new and Ford old. And that's like pretty dangerous, right? Cause then you've got a dying company and a company everyone thinks is the future. So I don't know that yeah. you can do that. You can do it this way, but then you've got right. The, the Apple Tesla guy building his own little company, And then there's old Ford, Ford Blue, Ford Blue Plate Special. Um, (laughs) But then you actually look at it and you're like, well, Ford actually right now has some of the hottest cars in the market. And they are mostly Ford Blue cars like the new Bronco. You can't get one without a $30,000 markup. It's just the hottest SUV that's being made. The new F-150 is doing really well. The new F-150 Raptor which came out right after I bought mine. Uh, no worries. The Maverick. It's, it's the fine, Maverick, fine, yeah. People fine. love the Maverick, which has a hybrid engine. Can't get one of those
2: uh,
0: hardly anywhere. Um, actually, even the little Bronco Sport, which- You is can't like, get
2: any me, cars me, me, me. anywhere, though. But you can't That's get any true. cars
0: anywhere, but like the ICE cars are like not vapor, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So in the in the quantities they can ship them, they're all flying off the lots at high premiums, and people like them and they're popular. Yeah. So they've got like this kind of built in advantage over there, which is, Oh, they have like the Bronco, like Ford's halo car right now is probably the Bronco, right? That's selling in huge numbers over here. Yeah. Over here. They've got the F one fifty lightning. They've got the electric fan and they've got the Mach-E also halo cars. I don't think people are like that electric van is sick, but the Mach-E people seem to really like, but then they've also got all the software and that's the part that, Right, because when Jim Farley, the CEO of Ford, was on Decoder, he's like, the whole point here is we make an electric F-150. I have the economy of scale of running the F-150 business in, like, seat belts and seat motors and the wiper stock. Like, I just get those. We just, like, have them. They're in a box. We're not overthinking it, and we don't have to reinvent the wheel every time, which is a very pointed dig at Tesla, right? Yeah. So, like, that's the split I'm wondering. It's like, are they going to diverge on like user interface? Are they going to diverge on software? Will the gas cars get all the improvements over here? How divergent are the plants?
1: The way that they talked about it, they had like, you know, a press conference and they had like an investor press conference. And so they, they, they've actually, um, I think, spoken a lot about this. And some of the things that they're saying toward what you're what you're asking is that, You know, there's going to be a lot of synergies. There's going to be a lot of shared technologies. For example, um, Ford's new advanced driver assist system, which is called Blue Cruise. There's that blue again, Uh, which is a a hands-free system similar to uh, GM's Super Cruise, not an autonomous system. Still need to pay attention to the road, all that kind of stuff. Um, that's going to be uh, under the direction of the Model E side, but will be integrated into uh, all the products that come out of the the Ford Blue side. So next gen versions of the Maverick, of the of the Bronco, of the Raptor. Once that uh, software is complete, once that project is complete those products will will stand to benefit from the software development that goes on on the Model E side. Um, so they're not going to be completely siloed off from each other, I don't think. There's going to be a lot of shared technologies. Um, they still work for the same company. They're not being spun off as a separate mm-hmm. thing. Um, so I, I think it's sort of Ford's way of trying to have you know the best of all possible worlds here. They're trying to have this like incubator, tech incubator within the company that they have set up that for the large part, is in the, in the business of making and selling internal combustion engine vehicles at, at the moment.
2: Yeah, but it sounds like they they didn't create an incubator. It sounds like they, I mean, they created fundamentally two different like companies, and they're like, "Don't worry, this one's going to trickle down to this one, and this one and is this not one's at pay all for committed." The other one. <laughs> yeah, this one's going to pay for the other one, and is also not committed to going electric. Like it's it's still going yeah. to go do gas because the gas makes money, and it's like it kind of sounds like they split the baby a little. Rather than just being like it feels like there there isn't like a big plan for the future of the company besides we're gonna do two different businesses, it'll work out. No,
0: wait, no, there is a plan. You don't want to talk about a streaming service. There is oh, yeah. A oh, yeah. It's a big plan. It's called oh, Ford no. Plus. It plus, plus 15.99 a month or it's bundled with your <laughs> Verizon service
1: if you want to watch Jim Farley and his his buddies talk about you know no, oh they're they're not hype not about, about it stream stream the you know stream, watch watch them play Elden Ring you know you can they're built can for Verizon, to actually
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna pitch that to them I'm trying to get him on decoder to explain this or chart to me but maybe that's the actual pitch
1: like it's, you and I
0: are just going to play Among Us while you try to explain your org chart to me. I, I think there's a <laughs> lot of que- there's definitely a lot
1: of questions. There's a lot of morale questions. Is like is the Ford blue side like is there like a ticking clock on the whole thing? Like is the idea because Ford has not come out and said, uh, unlike GM, that we are going to be completely electric by X target date. You know, if GM said we're going to be carbon neutral, no more gas cars by 2040, uh, Ford has not made that similar commitment there, you know, so they're giving themselves some wiggle room. It seems like, um, but there is a sense that like the Ford blue side that like, that's the dinosaur side, you know, like literally yeah. running on like dinosaur sludge and it, there's a ticking clock associated with it. Eventually that's going to be something that's get that gets phased out. Um, and they've talked about, you know, trying to reduce the costs even like by $3 billion on that side of the business and funneling those savings into the Mo- model E side, because, you know, surprise surprise that's not the side that's generating any you know any real revenue at this point i mean obviously they're selling uh mustangs but not in you know the same the same margins that they that they are with the f series
2: like half the team half of ford is going to go down into like the blue mines and be mining the, blue the money mines. And the other the other half of this team is just going to be like up in the cl- up in the very green clouds, like enjoying wow. themselves, probably having seltzer water and like mm-hmm. just having they're, a great time. They're like, going to
0: have like the Silicon Valley experience, you know?
2: Yeah, they're going to have like the, they're going to have their ping pong tables and stuff. Where He's these other be guys the, are the like flannel,
0: here. the flannel wearing
1: side, and like the the you know the puffy vest side. Wow. Yeah. That's the way I see it.
2: Yeah, uh, well, it just feels know, they've like got, a they've mess. got
0: an F one fifty on the on the puffy vest side. Um, I feel that Alex. I just think like. First you have to see how this actually plays out. Yeah, yeah,
2: that's true. I, I think my it could go great.
0: My question for them is like Yeah, you've got you, there is a clock on and hopefully I think we'd all be very happy if there was a clock on internal combustion engines and cars, right? Like I'll miss them. I'm gonna walk around saying the last of the V8 interceptors for the rest of my life, <laughs> even when they're gone. Um, Just gun
2: in the gas on your old car.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you know it. Um but, you know, there there should be an expiration date on this this particular technology. And so that could create the morale problem. I would just point out that side has some of the hottest cars in the game right now. Right? They, yeah, they've makes- done a good job of, like, making the Maverick, the Bronco, et cetera. Like, people want them. People love them. So hopefully they can, like, manage through it. I am hopeful that we can get Farley on Decoder in one way or the other. I think we're trying to get Doug Field to come talk to us. So... We'll keep pushing on him, but that—that uh, that to me, I think it's a shift, right? It is a very old automaker, and it's saying EVs are our future, and we're going to do it in this way. Whereas I think GM is kind of like, huh, Sopranos, <laughs> <Remember that>? <laughs> <laughs> like, and they're just like mostly vapor. Um, we'll see. Like the lyric is supposed to come out soon, right? They've it shipped is. all. But they've shipped one Hummer that they—they they think that counts. <laughs>
1: <laughs> One Hummer
0: with a battery
1: that weighs the same as a as a Honda Accord.
0: Yeah, it's so funny. It's um, so big. Uh, Ram, by the way, I, I pointed this out to They released a teaser of their electric truck.
1: Oh, God, this is so good.
0: And they um, – so it's just – it's a teaser. It's a vaporware car. It's like literally a vaporware car. So the teaser just is just like-, like lights in a cloud of smoke. Yeah, but classic for- teaser. But then they forgot to turn off the like the illustrator paths. Yes. <laughs> so then you can see the design of the truck. Yes. <laughs> it's like none of these cars are real. Like that's the level of reality here. It's like, yeah. oh, I can like find another layer in your PSD. <laughs> it's like when
1: it's you when you old crank old. up the brightness really, really, really <laughs> high. You're like, oh, my God, it's a
0: truck. Yeah, it's
2: I had no cool. idea. Did they change, Did they change the, the logo for the, the Ram? Like does it have little plugs on the end or anything? On the end of its,
0: there's still time.
1: There's still
2: time. Yeah. Like I, I just, yeah, I feel we'll like they can go goofy with it.
0: Jeep announced a vaporware little SUV. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. it's a great time to announce fake cars. Like anybody can raise like a hundred million dollars against a render of a fake car and a plan to build them in America right now.
2: I'm actually going to do that after after this well, we're go to, I was thinking we should. Yeah. T- Let's Although all, the,
1: all the EV startups that went public by 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 merging with SPACs in the last few years. All have been cutting their production targets. Uh, you know, Lucid, Rivian just had this thing today. Let's they, talk about they, the
0: Rivian thing. It's like, yeah. very, I, I think it's very um, illustrative of what's going on. It now. is, yes.
1: They came out a few days ago. Uh, well, uh, they didn't really come out and say it. it there, you could uh, those who, if you went to their website and tried to uh, use their configure uh, configurator to 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 uh, set up a one of their R1T trucks or one of their R1S SUVs. Uh, you may have noticed that the prices were way higher than they originally were listed as, uh, uh, around uh, $20,000 more, I think, uh, um, for the truck. That naturally got all the people that were on the the waiting list, the reservation holders, uh, pretty upset, uh, and uh, there was a couple days of people griping on on various forums, and uh, talking about well, should we cancel our reservations? This is you know uh, this is getting to be a ridiculously expensive uh, kind of thing and that people you know, were upset
2: the- because Rivian employees had also gotten their cars right, like they'd already received their cars. That, yes, that, that and is it typically- like the price.
1: Yes. That, and that's typically how that. it's done. You know, the first the first units of a, of a brand new uh, assembly line typically go to the um, to the executives and then the employees and, you know, sort of special uh, special uh, um, uh, folk. And then, you know, then the rest of us get our cars, you know, sort of further on down the line. Uh, but yeah, then today, which I, I was actually pretty legitimately shocked by this, the the CEO of, of the company. Uh, put out a statement that was, you know, like very apologetic about <laughs> about how this was all received, and saying that they were essentially going to walk back this this price increase, this huge pr- price increase, and honor the original prices that people um, were expecting to pay when they uh, originally put in their their reservations uh, for for these, which are, you know, the Rivian, one of the biggest IPOs of last year, uh, in- incredibly uh, hotly anticipated. Uh, ev company to you know with backing from ford and from amazon expected to be a pretty huge player down the line uh i think they they definitely um had to uh eat crow a little bit on this one well it takes their
2: stock right like the stock stock
1: took a took a big hit on the news as well um, so now there's like you know there's also rumors about there are they going to need to do another equity raise you know like this is a company that has billions of dollars uh, in the bank. Are already. they looking
2: for like a subscription model? Are they going to be like making <laughs> a subscribe oh, to some Surprise. part of it? Well, Rivian so it's Plus it's
0: coming in 2024. Oh my God! Yes. See that's that Ford investment coming through. Um, so Rivian is like 12 years old. They've they've shipped maybe a thousand cars. The last I looked, it was like 500. So I'm just
1: yeah, it's a couple hundred. Yeah.
0: Yeah, um, maybe it's two thousand. I will give them the benefit of the doubt. That's how many. Well, they're they're
1: reporting their earnings next week, so we'll definitely get an updated figure on that.
0: Yeah, but the line from this letter, this apology letter, RJ Scrin,ge CEO of Rivian, I think this is the danger for all these cars right now, especially the vapor cars. You can put a deposit on like five cars right now, (laughs) hundred bucks, (laughs) thousand bucks. Like it's nuts, right? You can just like wander the web. Like play buying cars, and, like, and they're all refundable for the most part. They're, they're refundable too. Yeah, so, it's yeah, great. I mean, it's, it's, it's like it's it's an EV casino. It would be great if it was more like a casino, right? Like if there was a <laughs> secondary market, especially because those cars are so hard to get. Let's do it. There, if you're a blockchain developer, make me car pre-order Ooh. NFT casino. I'm oh sorry I what? said that. That is an idea that destroys right. you. I, so I have to <laughs> hang. <laughs> I have to hang. Can't be in this call. Anyway, anywhere. but so this line is just really interesting. We, f- he apologies. And he says, we failed to appreciate how you viewed your configuration as price locked. And we wrongly assumed that the announced dual motor and standard battery pack would provide configurations at price points similar to your original configuration. So he's saying, you gave us a thousand dollars we didn't know that you thought that was price locked. You just, we just assumed we took a grand <laughs> and then when we rejiggered our pricing, we thought the fact that there would be a lesser configuration at the same price point would satisfy you.
2: Yes. That but, always works.
0: Okay. The, and he was like, this was the logic and we broke your trust. Review. And then he apologizes and then he's going to honor the pricing. That's the right thing to do. I think that that is just the kind of brain you have when you have no product but tons of interest right and you're like people want this thing they'll like, pay anything any any amount of money and it's like yo like especially when they've configured one and put the money down you have promised them that one and it, i just think if you had any distance from it that is obviously what people think and i just think after 12 years and you know 500 cars you, you're still just like selling dreams And I I I know this now. I've talked to a lot of CEOs. Everyone wants to be in the dream selling business. Like it's (laughs) the best business you can be in. Like Coca Cola is just a dream, right? It's some sugar water and a polar (laughs) bear that's happy with you at Christmas time. The margins (laughs) are great, you know. (laughs) Like once you're like, I've got to ship you atoms, and the product has to run, and the software has to crash. Yeah, it's a way you can see why they're kind of like crouched. Of yeah. They thought people
2: supplies. would just be okay with paying for a truck and also a Honda Civic on top of it, but not actually get the <laughs> Honda Civic. Like it's not, that's I mean, so it much is money, and they're like, 000. "Yeah, it'll be fine. It'll be fine." You can I think you it's just also can't like, have your kitchen. It, you know,
1: They've been around for 12 years, but this is like they only just went into production. You know, it's been 12 yep. years of design work and fundraising and uh, investor work and, and hiring. And now finally after, you know, over a decade of all of that, they're finally in production. They're finally delivering uh, these trucks to, to, to customers, um, but they're still the new kid on the block, even though mm-hmm. they've been around for so long, and they haven't built up that um, that level of trust, I think, or even you know they haven't built up a fan base the size of of, uh, of Tesla's. Yeah, Tesla should you know, a
0: car with no roof and a door that doesn't work, and people are like, "Well, this they, they,
1: they change their prices literally like the, the as the wind blows,
0: you know, like there's a, <laughs> there's, a, there's a
1: there's a slight breeze in the air, and the price of the Model S standard standard range Model S is going Gone up uh, ten thousand dollars, or or the Bottle three has gone up another uh, another
0: uh, five thousand so, dollars. But this is what I'd push you on: like they can get away with that against demand, and Tesla has like infinite demand because they actually ship some cars, and then people like the cars. Yes. So yes, the loop, that was that, the that loop was what I was at trying to close right exactly
1: exactly and they and they've been doing that for a number of years now rivian does not have that luxury they've only just started this process the real people haven't even really gotten their trucks yet maybe a few have but it's gone to mostly employees and so that's that 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 is sort of the misstep that they made was that there has not been uh the, sim- the similar level of trust in the company they don't know that 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 this is going to be, you know, something that they will
0: eventually receive. It's a hope and a prayer at this point that, you know, they'll to get their truck. I love them. Can't get enough of them. Um, One more thing I'll say about this. We had, uh, I think it was Polestar CEO Thomas Ingelitz on uh, Decoder. And we were talking about selling cars and this like dealer model and selling direct and all this stuff. And he was like, the scariest thing for a car company is meeting your customers. He's like, everybody else, (laughs) the car industry for 100 years or even longer, right? They would make the car. They'd ship them to the dealer. You're done. And now we've got, like, screens. People are tweeting at us. We're selling direct. Like, he's like, wow, here you all are. Uh, Much noisier than we thought. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, the, and the standard now is is that they have to respond because yeah. Elon Elon Musk is out there on Twitter talking a blue streak to to whoever lights lights him up about, you know, hey, we well, want to play Cuphead on, on the screen.
4: <laughs> I mean, he doesn't respond and to And he's it. like,
1: sure, yeah, that sounds cool. Uh, so that's, like, the standard now. Like, and everyone's like, why isn't the CEO of Polestar responding to my tweets, you know? Yeah. Like, it sets, like, a very unreasonable level of expectations, <laughs> I think, for yeah. customer interaction. Uh, and feedback. And yeah, obviously the dealers have served as like the middleman between the OEMs and the customer base for such a long time. But now you've got all these new brands that are DTC. They're they're selling, you know, uh, directly to the, their, their customers. They have to come up with something somewhat similar. It doesn't have to be the exact same as being a shit poster on Twitter. Uh, uh, but they it's do It's the a ha- for all of
0: us, Andy. If you're not posting <laughs> yeah. three times a day, I'm sorry, you're not going to make it in business. Uh, let's talk about this electric boat and then we should...
2: Uh, oh yeah. Bring on the arc
0: one. Yeah,
2: Does it weigh more or less than the Hummer battery?
0: Way, uh, well, that's a good question,
1: but it definitely the the battery is three times the size of a Tesla Model Y battery, which is <laughs> what I was shocked by. I was like, wouldn't that sink the boat? And the guy's like, No, no, it's actually weight is good. Weight is good mm-hmm. for a boat because it, um, it it provides stability and you can, like, mm. for water sports, you can create a wake behind you that people can wakeboard on. And I was like, if you say so. I got to
0: say, weight is good for a boat are some deeply famous last words. <laughs> 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 uh, didn't
1: it, wasn't it the, the captain of the Titanic, didn't he say something about yeah,
2: that? Yeah, he was like, I love you a don't, heavy you don't boat. Need no safety features are necessary. Have you here.
0: heard that old sea shanty, I love a heavy boat? so hot right
2: now can I
0: just read this um, investor list the invest this is perfect investor oh, yeah. list it's like amazing. if I had if I had this money I'd be like you know what I want is a sick boat and then you like read the investor list you're like I know who vibes with me it's Will Smith Kevin Durant and <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I'm sorry Diddy it's so good it's really good like you know they were just like, in miami and they're like why can't i get a tesla boat you know and like, will like, i will i am is somewhere out there kicking no wait, he's the kiss he of did. death you keep him away did he you keep will i am away from he's you.
2: making his own boat it'll actually be four times <laughs> as heavy. it's gonna be a like sick it's fine it's coming kanye's
1: kanye's collabing on it it's gonna be sick uh, uh, yeah they got, have got a very impressive investor list and they've poached some folks from SpaceX and from Tesla as as, as you do these days to start a startup. Uh, you know my question was that like elect- electricity and water doesn't really mix very well but they sure you know everything's contained and protected and uh, and it's really they have a pre-production model they plan on starting to go into production this spring with uh, deliveries this summer. Um, but yeah, so all the again.
2: photos of it are, are, are real It's not like, these aren't yes. renders that will, it's the one I boat won't exists. see Some layers if I click on it Highlight it <laughs> be fine. Just,
0: I'm sorry, every time I look at this I'm like, just imagining Like, it obviously in Miami But right, Will yeah. Smith and Kevin Durant and Diddy are like Why isn't there the Tesla of boats And then that just yeah. got around Like the VC world And the, the guy was like, I'm doing it And they're like 30 million dollars no questions asked. <laughs> Done.
2: Build me my boat.
0: This is what you got to you got to know when opportunity is
2: right. Like why are we trying to do a car company, Eli? We could be doing a boat company. You
0: got to get some rival
1: rappers and basketball players. I was talking to the CEO and he had a, like a really he, he was talking to me about like boat life and he was like, "Yeah, you got to like you either like you fill up at the at the dock which is like, you know, incredibly marked up gas or you have to like tr- you know cart like all these like cans of gas you know, from a gas station to to the dock and fill up your boat like one can at a time. And I was just like, geez, that sounds like that sounds rough for people who own boats. I, no, that's yeah.
0: sympathy some, for boat owners. You that's know? some real infomercial how you fill your boat with gas. Like, oh, <laughs> 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 I black and I white. The guys you can buy this on boat fire. have solved the yeah. problem in various <laughs> other ways. You're ones. in black and white spilling gas all over yourself <laughs> yes. as you're trying to fill up your yacht. Uh, I got to get a ride in the Sark one. One of my favorite Verge videos of all time is... Um, a defense contractor once invite, I have no idea why they thought this was a good idea. They invited us on a boat, a car that turned into a boat. Yeah. And they were trying to tell us that it was for, um, like non-governmental organizations, like peacekeepers, like, you know, the red cross. And like, obviously in some of these areas, you definitely need a car that turns into a boat. And I was like, are you sure this? Aren't you just trying to not trying to sell to the government? Because it, it seems like there's a lot of defense contractors. Here. <laughs> anyway, they let me drive the car the turns into a boat. I was like, the happiest I've ever been, best <laughs> video I've ever made. <laughs> it's all been downhill from there. <laughs> yeah, like, I was like, I got what I need out of this experience. I'm done. So let's see if we can get ourselves another boat, boat right, Andy? That's what I'm looking for. I'll
1: sign up. I'll I'll I'll, uh, I'll put in a reservation for us. I'm sure it'll it'll eventually come. come or we
0: got a like, rival boat company with like James oh, Harden yeah. and like Fifty Cent. Like, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Who's that? like Yeah, we got this. Steph Curry, we got Drake, it. Drake,
0: what are you doing, buddy? I know you're a listener. <laughs> Give me that boat money. Uh, all right, Andy, thank you so much. We got to take a break. We'll be back with Dan Siefer. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. We're back. Dan Siefert is here. Hello. How's it going, sir? All right. Uh, Well, earlier this week, Apple once again graced us with a mysterious invite that made people think they were going to announce AR Glasses. I, that's it. I was going to say to you, it was called peak performance. Peak obviously relates to your eyes, and then the well, video. No, we have to.
4: This is a radio show. We have to spell it out. It's P E E K, right. not P E A K, and not P I Q U E. Got it. That is that so is the peak.
0: peak peak at performance and then the video tweeted by Greg Joswiak is like walking around a stage and there's an Apple logo that like shimmers at you and people are like oh this is obviously our glasses. So that's the frame in which we are starting for next week's Apple event What uh, if it's an email device? That would be great. The, remember the Twitter peak? <laughs> yeah yeah. It was, there was a Twitter peak and there was an email
4: peak yeah. and like you carried this dedicated device around.
0: There was a time in America where someone was like you know what you need is a pager for Twitter and we made yeah. it and I and a lot of us are like maybe that is what I need, and now I own a fifteen hundred dollars smartphone that's uh, kind of like a pager for Twitter. <laughs> and anyway. it
4: had a lovely keyboard, a scroll wheel on the side. Thing was, it had was, a lot going for this. It was
0: such Do you think
2: we're gonna get? But we're not gonna get glasses, right? There are no glasses coming next. Let's year. Not, So
0: there's an event on March eighth. They're obviously. And some stuff. I I don't think they're going to, if they were going to give away glasses, they would have leaked it ages ago. Like, yeah, they would have done it differently. Uh, What are you thinking, Dan? Uh, You know, the interesting run-up
4: to this is that there's been a lot of reporting, I know Mark Mark Gurman has reported a bunch over at Bloomberg, about a refresh on the iPhone SE. That is the oldest iPhone in the lineup. Totally makes sense for that to get a bump. New processor and stuff. Uh, Maybe with 5G, so that U.S. carriers will actually put it on their shelves. (laughs) So that's kind of a a shoe-in, I guess. And then I guess the the question is, is it going to have the same design as the current iPhone SE, which is that basically the iPhone 8 design from 2018? 2018? Seventeen? 2017. Yes, that's when the iPhone 8 came out. So uh, is it going to have that same design or is it going to adopt something like the iPhone ten R's design um, that was a little bit more modern? But I guess we'll see. I think the rumor mill is leaning toward it being the old design, new guts, probably similar price. I don't know. Maybe 5G will push the price up. That'll be an interesting thing to see.
0: I think they'll tweak the design. They've been They have been more active in tweaking designs lately here and there, I would say, at least at the top of the line.
4: Yeah, but the thing with the SE is, like, the whole point of it is to come in at a specific price point. And so using old designs gives you that kind of... Um,
0: you get the tooling.
4: Economy of scale, yeah. The tooling's already been paid for. The R&D's already been paid for, like, for years. So it's, like, very cheap for Apple to use that design. And then they can spend their money on the 5G modem, which is, like, I think the most expensive component in an iPhone at this point. It's, it's really pricey, so...
0: I wonder if they're going to use their own modem or Qualcomm
4: modem. Oh, I can't imagine there's going to be an Apple modem in there. We haven't seen like anything yet as far as like their own modems. So that would be fascinating if they debuted their own modem in the iPhone SE. Well, S8. they
0: would
2: never tell you.
0: Would <laughs> well, never. somebody will tear it down and see if there's a Qualcomm chip or not, That's right? That's
2: That's the performance. We're peaking at this thing. <laughs> We're peaking at a little modem. <laughs>
0: you know, a little uh, modem. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, the Qualcomm CEO uh, he has been saying to investors, we are ready to lose our Apple business. So yeah. it feels like it's imminent. So here's the first one. We'll see. So that's the SE. I think it'll be cool. We'll be happy with it. People will like it. iPad Air, like, you know, cl- in classic iPad fashion. Well, it's an iPad.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I mean, the reason that we are expecting maybe to see an iPad Air is if we look at the iPad lineup, the Air is now the oldest device in the lineup. Came out, uh, the, it's currently the fourth gen. Came out October 2020, which was uh, a year and a half ago already. Oof, just ancient. Uh, yeah, it feels great, doesn't it? And so now it's it's older than the iPad mini, which was recently redesigned. It's older than the iPad Pro, which was revamped with the M1 uh, last year. And then the uh, ninth gen basic iPad was just came out in October. So if we're going to see a new iPad, the odds are it's going to be a new iPad Air. I think the expectation here, again, same design as the last iPad Air, which was the big redesign, brought in that iPad Pro design language to the Air lineup, makes sense that they're going to hold on to that design. It's just going to have a new processor inside of it. Maybe there will be something else. That's what I'm kind of curious is about. Like, What could they bring to this other than like a new processor? Because when they released the iPad Pro last year and they put the M1 in it, uh, A, it was the M1, which was a significant step up from the A series line of processors, but they also added like a Thunderbolt port. They added uh, the uh, the mini LED screen on the 12.9. So there was like quite a few things that were brought in with this. And I'm curious to see if the iPad Air gets that treatment. Doesn't really make a ton of sense to me to have like a an M1 chip in it. Doesn't make a ton of sense to have a Thunderbolt. It certainly is not going to have a mini LED screen if the, iP- if the smaller iPad Pro still doesn't have a uh, mini LED screen. So it'll be... Curious to see what happens. Um, 5G is also kind of expected there. The mini has 5G. Um, so it makes sense for the iPad Air to move up from LTE to 5G.
0: Once you get there, though, the iPad Air is now effectively the original iPad Pro. Right?
4: Yeah, Spec-wise? it's been like that for, you know, a couple of generations, right? Like, it's, it's like a, like a year-delayed iPad Pro, or maybe a year-and-a-half-delayed iPad Pro. With if can Touch ID the,
0: instead of Face ID.
4: right. Yeah, if you compare the 2020 iPad Pro 11 inch to the current Air, or even maybe when this one comes out, th- the next Air, they're going to be very similar in terms of like features, performance, all that kind of stuff. Save for probably Face ID. I would love for them to bring Face ID to the iPad Air. I recently got an iPad Mini, and honestly, like Touch ID is kind of annoying. Oh, <laughs> <Ouch>, shots <laughs> like, fired! Like like when you're using an iPad, chances are you probably aren't wearing a mask because you're sitting at home. And so, like, it's very easy once you're used to Face ID on an iPad to just, like, look at it and expect it to, like, unlock. And, like, every single time I pick up my iPad Mini, I do that thing, and then I'm like, oh, I have to, like, lift my finger up to unlock it with the the touch I have to admit,
2: last week, I was so mad at you. Because I've been saying for months that I want to get an iPad Mini, and I refuse to do it. And last week, you were like, here's my iPad Mini, even though I told you don't get one. Oh and I was so <laughs> mad at you. And I was like, Never I'm going to go buy. Never buying advice
4: from me. I'm just I was the yeah, head of our it. product reviews program.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I was immediately going to go buy a new iPad Mini. I was like, I'm just going to like, I don't know how this is vengeance against Dan to go spend money at Micro Center on an iPad, just but it is. Kitchen. And then you were like, but I really hate the Touch ID. And I was like, oh, right. No, but I don't want it if it doesn't have Face ID. So you did actually save me $500. Thank
4: yeah. You, I mean, I love my mini otherwise. I, I would just wish I could swap
0: Touch ID.
2: I don't hate ID. you as much as I did when I saw you pull out your iPad mini and be like, look at this thing I just got. The <laughs> yeah, hatred in my heart That's a that classic moment.
0: Dan experience. Yeah. <laughs> I just bought another gadget for no reason. Here it is. Um, You know, I just realized, I don't even know where my iPad Pro is. I was just thinking, I I have no idea where this thing is. It's like somewhere (laughs) in this house. We use one iPad a hundred times a day. Max's low-end (laughs) entry-level iPad plays Bluey at her three times a day it's I, a great I, product I, they could just sell that thing as a, an appliance <laughs> if you don't know bluey is an australian kid show about uh dogs who play pretend it's excellent actually very funny uh the discourse around bluey is insane you should read that too uh there's but a
2: lot of discourse
0: there's a lot of bluey discourse in the world there's a good housekeeping article that's like i don't want my kids to think i'm gonna play pretend with them <laughs> it's like <laughs> we're over the bluey is guys. ruined um Anyhow, uh, but, like, that's what we use an iPad for. It just, like, plays video at our daughter.
4: I use an iPad all the time. Okay. But, like, I've gone on this journey over the past, I don't know, since 20, 2018, I guess, four years. I started in 2018. I got the 12.9-inch iPad. And I'm like, this is going to replace my laptop. I'm going to do it. I'm going to shoehorn this into my life. And that lasted for like a year and a half. And then I stopped commuting and really had no reason for a cellular-connected <laughs> iPad anymore uh, because we all know why. And then so so I downsized that to an iPad Pro 11. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to do more iPad things on this because it's not really replacing my laptop at all. And now this year I've downsized my 11 to a mini. So oh I figured next year I'll downsize to... An iPhone 14 Pro Max. It'll be the
2: no, no, no. The like folding it'll just be gone. The folding phone will suddenly be here. It'll just be willed into existence oh by God. your need to like move to a new form factor. It'll be yeah.
0: Fine. That's what we are. That's all we're all searching for. We are at a moment in our lives together as a group, as a family, as a culture where we're like, okay, we did rectangles. What's next? <laughs> right. You want to talk about the vibe shift? The vibe shift is going to be when we go to squares. I'm putting it out yeah. there. Yeah.
2: It's it's okay.
4: coming. I'm I'm here for it. There've been some square smartphones. The second, Bring 2nd back.
0: I'm just t- rectangles are done. I'm calling it. How Kanye um, w- West style. I'm just saying out loud. They'll believe never me,
4: be
2: done unless as long as. TikTok what about leaves. a
4: square device with a keypad and a jog wheel and all it does is check your email? <laughs> uh?
0: Bring the Twitter Peek back. It'd be amazing if Tim Cook came out tomorrow and he's like, you know what? We've um, still real times in the world. We really uh, this device just tweets. <laughs> Just tweets. Uh, very good. Okay, so then we're also that's the iPad Air, which uh, I would say that qualifies this conversation about the future of the iPad Air. <laughs> Why not? Um, uh, then we're expecting maybe a bunch of Macs, right? And this is like I think where it gets really wild. Yeah, because yeah. we're expecting the bump to M2. Mm-hmm. We are, you know, if you just look at where they're at, if you if you get an M1 chip then all the things with an M1 chip should get an M2 chip, right? Like, So that's mm-hmm. the original Mac Mini M1. That's the Air M1. That's the 13-inch Pro that has an M1. Are we expecting yeah. them all to get an M2?
4: Uh, my theory is that we are not going to see M2 devices this, next week, uh, partially because there's been so few supply chain leaks. Mm-hmm. Like there were some leaks months ago about a redesigned Air, but they've like really dried up and they have not come around much. So I think, I think if anything next week, they might announce the M2 chip and not put it in any devices. And then devices will come out later in the year with the M2 chip, or we'll finally see the Mac mini get the option for an M1 Pro/M1 pro slash uh, M1 pro, M1 max chip. Cause right now the Mac mini, you can only get with the, Standard M1 chip, but the Pro and the Max chips are available in the the newer MacBook Pros that came out last year. So maybe we'll see that like they'll be like, okay, we didn't have to redesign the Mini because there's so much space in here, and we just jammed a faster chip in it. If you want it, and I I think people might want that. There's been I think there's a few people on our staff that are eager. It's uh, not not me.
2: It's not me. (laughs) I am not that one person anxiously awaiting this single device so I can get rid of my 2016. MacBook Pro I had to have replaced three times by Apple.
0: Great. And you're, and, but you're just like running that headless with like a monitor. Yeah, I'm so just running it headless with
2: a monitor. So I'm yeah. like, I'm ready. I'm ready for a new yeah. iPad Pro. I've got like my Apple... I'm going to spend... Sorry, I'm going to spend so much money at Apple this year. That's great. Hopefully. Yeah, but it's better maybe than my not. plan of spending
0: money on fake cars.
2: Yeah. Well, <laughs> look, we're going to make so much money when we have our fake boat company. It's going <laughs> to so be fine. The, the so fun, fun part about fake it. cars,
0: though,
4: is that uh, as you keep buying more fake cars, they get more expensive. As you buy them. Oh yeah, we just had yeah.
0: Andy on. It was uh, we've yeah. already been down this rabbit hole. let we'll so, Dan, your f- prediction is no Max. I I I don't think we're going to see new redesigned Max
4: like the Air design is due for a redesign, right? Like, it's the same Air that came out in 2018. They put the M1 chip in it and made it a much better computer, but they didn't redesign it for that. It is the same computer. The 13-inch MacBook Pro is way overdue for a redesign. Like, that thing is the same thing from 2016, and it's got a touch bar still, and it's got, like, what is that, two or four? I can't even remember how many USB ports that has, but either it way, it's really two. old. It only has two. Um, so, like, that's due for a redesign. Maybe they'll, th- like... Redesign that with a notch. And like <laughs> the air, I know the air, we saw some design leaks uh, a while ago, but again, we haven't seen anything recently. And usually, the the key to knowing when Apple's going to announce a new product is the supply chain leaks come fast and furious, and we just have not seen them.
2: What about the Mac Pro? Like, the Mac Pro still is supposed to move over to M1. Presumably, yeah. it'll move over to an M1 Pro slash M1 Max. Mm-hmm. Presumably, that would happen before they announce the M2 and just completely undercut everybody who wants a Mac Pro. Like, is that what we might see? I mean, peak performance. I know we should never, ever read a single thing... Into an Apple invite, but I always do a little because I can't help it.
4: I don't know. I mean, like, I feel like the time to announce a new Mac Pro is WWDC. Yeah. That is the audience for a new Mac. But Pro. that's when they're and, announcing
2: like, the glasses, presumably.
4: <laughs> Maybe God. they do both, right? Yeah. Like, like, who buys a Mac Pro? It is the people who the religiously people who tune into Mac WWDC. Yeah, the, the same people that will deliver or develop for the Mac glasses. So, like, I don't know. It just seems like a random. It's not random. They always have a spring event, but their spring event is usually lower I don't want to say lower tier, but less popular products or you know less hype. It is your Yeah, it's your iPhone SEs, it's your iPad Airs, it's oftentimes it's been the, the regular base model iPad. And and I don't know, I just I just find it hard to believe that we'll see a uh Mac Pro here. But I just it just, just hit me. Peak performance. Maybe that is the clue that they're adding face ID to the iPad Air.
2: Oh, I like I like oh, you willing good. good things in to the world. That's good. Or
0: the iPad Air turns into a set of AR glasses. <laughs> yes,
2: <laughs> he that's, just that's up how they're like doing. Break it in <laughs> half. <laughs> I'm
0: telling you. Yeah, I, so I can definitely see them doing this event to focus on the two things. You know, maybe a hint of another thing like a, a HomePod Mini and a new color. Like that's the game they like to play. Yeah.
4: Which ironically,
0: you like barely
4: can buy the other colored home pod minis. They came out with the blue, the yellow, and the orange last year, and the yellow and the orange have been basically impossible to get since they came out. Uh like third party retailers don't have them, at least the last I checked. Apple delivery is like a month or two out wow. for those do people so. just
2: really love yellow and orange home minis I don't minis? know, or, or Apple
4: made like four of them. I don't understand it. <laughs> Like, I, I've been wanting, I had to settle for a blue one, which looks great, but, like, I wanted an orange one, and I just was like, I'm not waiting two months for a HomePod mini. That's just not happening.
0: I think if they're going to do a Mac event with all these chip changes and a new design for a laptop, right, that's its own little thing. Right. right. Where yeah. they're like, here's the M2, we're going to swoop in the basement, Johnny Shroogey's here, ah, <laughs> Chips. Uh, that's my impression of Johnny Church. Yeah. Watch some uh, games run. Right. He swoops back up. Craig is there. Silver Fox looking, you know. Um, Pe- peeking at the laptop. Yeah. He's like, I found it. Um,
2: it's a whole other I've spy seen so mode. so many it's of these videos too. right now.
0: <laughs> um, right. So, and, then, and then they got to say, OK, we've got. The M1 Pro and Max, leading performance. We made a Mac Pro. It's teeny tiny. And then here's this other stuff, Mem2, bringing the best of X, Y, and Z. Here's three or more developers that we coerced at the point of a gun to port their apps <laughs> over. Like, and that's what that looks like, right?
4: Yeah, that's just. It's
0: either it's either
4: a standalone event or it's WWDC to me. Like, I don't know. It just it, it doesn't seem like. The cards are lining up for that for this event. I'm yeah, happy to be wrong. I'm happy to be surprised. I would love to be surprised. at I am not event happy. I am not
2: happy because you know what that means. That means me saying, "Quick, someone! We have to write about a brand new AR glasses or something." That's the game, Alex. Go right now. That's just go, like go, go. That's
0: how go. they keep you the on toes. I here's what I will say about the glasses. We have no inside info on this. I'm just thinking as practically as I can. They, all of these products, God bless them, are boring as hell. Right? <laughs> it's another tablet, another tone, another MacBook. We've seen the designs. We know about aluminium. Like they can do a video introduction to these products. Yeah, And yeah. They it will capture the attention they need to, and we will write about them. Then they will ship us review units, and that is how we've been doing it for two years in this pandemic. When they do glasses, they It'll cannot do this shit on video. <laughs> they have to bring people together. They have to have members of the press put on the glasses.
2: Because yeah, Some otherwise you poor have app just developer
0: like... at the point of the gun has to be like, remember how I've been circling the stage with my Lego bricks and Ikea couches and iPad for two years? Now the Ikea couch is right in front of you. See, I really, like, you have to have that moment to do glasses, which I think pushes it out way into the, the towards yeah. the end of the year. Assuming all goes well with uh, what I have started to call the panny.
4: <laughs> I mean, I mean that's assuming they announce these this year, right? Like again, there have been no hardware leaks. Like, like there's been a lot of great reporting. We have just hey, not Mr. seen Mr. any Alex components.
2: certainly well, they're all building all them important. in the yeah. basement, actually. No, like, they have probably a <laughs> fourth.
4: This, is, this, is, this is the bringing, the bringing of uh, manufacturing back to the U.S. Yes. It's just like... They are hand-building the AR glasses in the basement. Because they will sell five of, of them
2: because they will be $50,000 a piece. <laughs> well, all right, I'm just saying, that might be where they're
0: at. But even when they announced them, like, they were able to keep, they are able to keep their newest of the new products secret because they don't have to spin up the supply chain. Right. right. They announce the things, they say it's right. coming in a month, and then like they then they can do that. Like this is much more like the glasses are new, they will be able to keep them mostly secret. They don't have to play like you can't keep an iPhone secret because Apple has to be like, So we need one billion aluminum cases for the iPhone. <laughs> like do you have them? You should start making them, right? And then like those companies are now public companies. So they're like full of employees. They have to like report their earnings. Like that's just the system of this because the iPhone is so big. The glasses they got to make like twenty to <laughs> announce them okay. and show them to people, and then they can spin all that up. And they can you know they got months to work it out.
2: What what are the accessories for the glasses? Like, are they just like are they spec like the spec case? But you put them on your glasses to protect it when you run into people.
0: No, that so. Uh, um, uh, Heath's latest reporting suggests. Uh that they're actually full-on VR glasses with inside-out tracking and okay. cameras, so you can do pass-through. Because no All one right. has sal- no one has really solved the optics problem VR
2: yet. Right.
0: So you're just gonna do a VR headset with low latency video pass-through and overlays. This sounds I just, insane.
2: I was like, this sounds
0: <laughs> <laughs> This sounds so
4: unapple. Like I just I'm just like fascinated by well, it. There's and, like and a like- very
2: popular TikTok video right now of a woman driving her car wearing an Oculus Quest Two with like the pass through on, and her son's being like, "She's doing it!" and then she immediately <laughs> wrecks her car. <laughs> I was just say, that's not safe. Just I'm sorry. Do that. That is,
0: the, uh, is there a way to set TikTok to only show me that video? <laughs> <laughs> Can I like single serve app? Like
2: I've seen it. Imagine, I, imagine see tuning it. your
0: algorithm that tight
4: that
2: you only <laughs> like,
0: saw that video. Here's every what you time. need: I only want to uh, see
2: VR <laughs> car crash yeah. But like, yeah, I. The pass-through is – if that happens, that's going to be a bummer just because it's not that's real. Where they're, via, that's where they're yeah. going. That's, yeah, what, but I mean, it's like that's
0: the less reporting.
2: Physically impossible to make the but optics. But I'm saying what, whatever they announce,
0: they have to have people there in person. Yes. Because they, yes. Will, they will get no magic if they're like, it's a headset. Because everyone will know – if if we're watching that on a video stream, everyone's like – Wah, wah, wah. What's the field of view? Like, we'll just like destroy the magic of the thing, like, instantly. That was, that was a preview of our live vlog. What's the field of view? It's already in my brain, it's like struggling to come out. Yes, yeah, that's my prediction. Be- the glasses have to be what in What's the pupillary distance? Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm so
4: sorry. This is who I am. Um, I feel like if they do announce glasses at some point, they are going. Are they going to do like a developer kit for like to get developers on board and stuff like that? So that means that is a six month lead time, right? They announce it six months later, they'll ship it. In the meantime, we'll have this like really busted developer kit that's like an iPhone taped together with AirPods that you strap to your face. You think that's
0: going to be the developer kit? I mean, that was the
4: Mac Mini. Uh, uh, arm developer kit was literally we shoved an iPad chip into an old Mac mini here you go and yes we have to take it back from you when we're done
2: I feel like the NDA you have to sign for the AR Apple development kit is going to be so strict
0: no I disagree I think they're going (laughs) to go they they want people to be like this is the future of it all
2: Yeah. I mean, it'll be strict in the sense that
0: if you drive the car, if you make your mom drive the car (laughs) with like Tim Cook will come and arrest you himself. I think there's going to be some rules, but I think they're going to want people to be like, this is so rad. Like, they are trying to initiate a new market that so far only has meta in it. Um, Right. And like, we'll see. I just think all I was getting at is however they do it, it's got to be their first big in person event.
4: Yeah, right, like that makes the sense.
0: stars of Apple TV Plus have to be wandering the spaceship with this headset on their face. <laughs> like, here's Reese Witherspoon. Oprah, have you ever looked at a building with the name of the building <laughs> printed on the building? Now you can, it'll cost five thousand dollars. Like, oh, they could bring in like all the Apple TV stars. Like, well, Jennifer we're gonna Aniston see, we're gonna see big this Bird is what they're wearing
2: gonna the AR headset. I'm like, telling you, like, if rando
0: companies can get Tom Brady to be like, Bitcoin, when <laughs> Apple does its AR glasses, and they run a TV service like that, John Hamad is like just the beginning. <laughs> like it's going to be everybody. It's going to fra- be fra- Fraggle
4: Rock with VR glasses, AR glasses.
0: Yes, you know, it's it and you know they have to concoct use cases and make it seem like that all has to happen. They're going to appear person. on all the
2: TV shows.
0: Bono is going to make everybody listen to a song that's an Apple classic. <laughs> Um, that has to happen in person. And I feel like the way things are going, they've got to be betting. I mean, all these companies for the past two years have been like, we'd love to have you in person. If one person catches the virus at our event, the negative media is too high. So Mm -hmm. if there's any risk at all, we're not doing this. And I just think we're coming to a place... We're like, maybe they will make different calculations or maybe they, think, they will think the risk is low enough if they do vaccine and testing and all the stuff that they can do. So they,
4: so they already announced WWDC this year is virtual, right? Or am I making that up in my head? I feel like they already announced it. I don't
2: think that. they've announced
0: it. I don't think so.
4: Maybe I'm making it up in my head. That was, I, that I that was last searching. year. That was last year.
2: Yeah, yeah. There's nothing been announced yet.
4: I no. think if we're going to see an in-person event from Apple, it's going to be in the fall. Like it, That's like the earliest that I could expect
2: an I think if we're going to see an in-person event, like, Neelai is going to have so much luggage with so many VR headsets for comparison, <laughs> yeah. that he's going to have to bring with Mar-mar-mar. him. It's going to be rough. He's like, TSA is going to be like, sir, what is in this bag?
0: Uh, I'm interviewing the head of the Tino- TSA Innovation Division on Decoder very soon. <laughs> it, it, they're very excited.
2: They're very excited. Ask them if it's okay if you bring, ask them the limit of VR headsets you will be allowed to bring on the plane. I
0: think we should just do it as a series of uh, esoteric trivia questions. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This is the worst Apple preview ever. I thank both of you for joining me. The event is next week on March 8th. We are expecting an iPhone SE and an iPad Air, potentially some Macs. I don't think we're really looking at anything else
4: yeah there's been this long rumor again from Mark Erman about a home pod with a screen, which is something like I desperately want Same. uh but again, have not seen any hardware leaks on it uh so I'm just skeptical this could be a product that they announce and then don't ship for a while yeah that could be the way they do it uh that would be a fun little nice surprise
2: air um, power
4: two yeah
0: hopefully not we'll uh, see yeah. I, I would I would love for them to do that too i just that wouldn't require them to have like new ideas, <laughs> you know, and like, yeah, we'll see <laughs> like new ideas for new ideas about HomeKit from Apple. Huh? That's what you're betting I, on. I, I would love to see it. <laughs> the buttons are going to be bigger. I, I, I'll tell you this
4: preview of a review. It's my section. I'm plugging it. Uh, I've been testing the first home key smart lock. That was home key was announced at WWDC last year. CES Schlage Schlag, however you pronounce their name announced the first lock. And it's very cool. You just tap your phone or tap your watch against it and it unlocks your door. It's like using Apple pay. It's very neat. So that's a new home idea that I like.
0: All right. I believe you. This has gone great. Thank you for coming on. <laughs> uh, I look forward to carrying a suitcase of your headsets to wherever <laughs> Apple makes me go. Uh, the event is March 8th. That's coming right up. The whole team is going to be on it. Alex Cran's running point, just Woo. firing commands. It's
2: going to be great. It's going to yell a
0: lot. It's a real situation. It'll be a good time. We'll be live vlogging at the whole thing. Uh, so tune into that. And then we'll have reviews and all that stuff coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, if you're missing Dieter, it's because he's left The Verge. Which we're very sad about. There's a whole other podcast with Dieter and Walt Mossberg. He cast a thousand saying about a Dieter. He tries to explain what he's going to do at Google. One question I'm curious about is how do you think we should disclose that Dieter works at Google? This is our brand. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we're down the Dieter's wife works at meta disclosure. But are we up the once upon a time? The anytime anytime first?
2: <laughs> Google's mentioned, the disclosure's going to happen.
0: All right, we'll think about it. Let me know. Let me know because it'll be funny. But if you want all that details and the emotional or goodbye, it's all on the other podcast. Go listen to that. My thanks to Alex who is at Alex H Crans, to Lauren Grush who is at Lauren Grush, Andy who is at Andy Jayhawk, and Dan who is at DC Seifert. I'm at Reckless. You can tweet at us. We love hearing from you. Decoder this week was really fun. Uh, speaking of Google, it was about how Sonos decided to sue Google, and Ooh. then one. So there, that's fun, but that's like really like in the weeds. Uh, really fun episode. Uh, that's it. Apple event next week. We'll see you there. Rock and roll.